Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? John Ross Sapp here, managing editor, Fightful.com, FightfulMMA.com. Your one-stop shop for MMA news, exclusives, interviews, all that good stuff. We had tons ahead of this UFC Boise show, Bellator 202 and Rome. Let's get right into it, man. Send in your questions on the live chat if you're watching. We are on YouTube, Player FM, Google Play, Stitcher. You know the drill. Also, we have our FightfulSelect.com premium service where I do UFC ranking breakdown videos every single week. Bellator, or actually UFC Boise. Man, it's been a long weekend and Extreme Rules hasn't even hit yet. UFC Fight Night Boise. I was very excited for Ivanov, JDS. It was one of my most anticipated fights of the year. Number eight, Junior DeSantos, who's probably... Going to be ranked well higher than this after this fight, but had re-entered the USADA pool, and we're not going to ever accuse the dolts that dole out the UFC rankings as the most attentive group of people. But Dos Santos pieced up Ivanov, occasionally had to battle a counter, poked him in the eye several times, and walked away with a unanimous decision victory. And just like that, Junior Dos Santos is... Back in the conversation because what what's going to happen, man? What's going to happen? He's not won two in a row since 2011-12, but the thing is, and, and he hadn't fought in over a year because of this USADA screwy stuff that's going on. He's not fought more than once a year since 2013. Hopefully that changes this year, but... Ivanov was the the right opponent for him, I thought. But a lot of people were sleeping on Ivanov, counting him out. Man, Ivanov is a guy that beat Fedor in Combat Sambo. He had one loss in 18 fights leading into this. He's beaten some good dudes. He's he's won some fight. He was World Series of Fighting champion and defended it four times. It even it became the PFL championship, and then they changed that up and got rid of it. Had success in Bellator. He was a guy that, that I've been looking at to, to debut there for a long time, but 
He never got it going, never could uh, overcome the range. There were a lot of things that Dos Santos did that really hurt my heart, like him turning and running and putting his head down. Man, just some rough stuff that shouldn't happen, especially in a heavyweight fight. That's how you run into a wild left hook. It took a while before Junior DeSantos was willing to circle off the cage. And obviously, Ivanov is far from the best conditioned athlete at heavyweight. I mean, he's a five foot, 10 inch, 250 pound man. He's carrying a lot of weight. I think Ivanov would best be served to lose some of that weight. I think his speed will help him a lot more than whatever it is those extra 10 to 15 pounds that he could lose would give him. But Junior DeSantos wins. Ivanov should probably still debut in the top 15. And you look at the some of the the absolute scrubs in there. I mean, Albini shouldn't have been in there and he was in there. Well, okay, maybe not because Justin Willis is in there and I think Abdurakimov are, is too. And Justin Willis has won three in a row. Abdurakimov has won three or four. So it's not necessarily scrubs in there now. You've got... Arlovsky, who has who has won two of his last three, too, but had that crazy losing streak. So Ivanov's going to have to get a win before he gets in there. I stand corrected. Got to prove yourself in the company in which you're you're being ranked in, in my in my opinion. But Ivanov's success usually is when he's hurt. And he got hurt a couple times in this fight, a couple times from eye pokes. I'm sorry, after one, you get a point taken away. Not that it would have mattered. It would have been 49-45 on all scorecards at this point, but JDS is going to have to fight somebody else in the meantime. If he sits there and says, I don't know what he'll say, but you know, it's just such a UFC thing these days to be like, oh, I'm going to sit around and wait. No, man. I think that Volkov or Blades would be a good opponent for JDS. However... I think probably both of those guys beat him. I think Nganu, or not Nganu, I think that Volkov probably beats him at range, and I think that probably Blades out-wrestles him. I would normally think, oh, Derek Lewis or Francis Nganu, but do we trust one of them to have a more exciting fight after the matchup we saw those two have together and then the matchup we saw out of JDS tonight? It was a tactical fight. It wasn't an entertaining fight. It was a mediocre fight. It was just there. It was average. But there are a lot of options for a Junior Dos Santos right now because who has he fought? Ivanov? Okay, he's not in the top 15. Miocic? Miocic just got out of the title picture. Rothwell ain't around. Overeem? They don't have to do that. Cain Velasquez may never fight again. Who the hell knows when he'll ever fight? So look who you have. You have Lewis, Blades, Nganu, Volkov. You have four really prime names. Taitu Ivasa even. That would be a fun one. But I don't know if Taitu Ivasa could overcome the range either. That's the thing. If if you're putting him up against somebody who just finds success in the pocket and in the clinch, then JDS is not going to make a very good opponent for them. Ivanov should get somebody between Ivanov and Tuivasa would be a lot of fun, but I don't know if they want to give Tuivasa someone out of the top 15 or not. Let's talk about Sage Northcutt. That was some kind of comeback that he had because he has still not learned how to wrestle. He had himself pinned a couple times, but Zach Atau 
was aggressive in pursuing the takedown. Unfortunately, he wasn't, for him rather, he wasn't able to retain it. And I'm actually watching the replay to my left. There was a beautiful spot that set up the knockout that Sage Northcutt is just owed praise for. Uh, besides his his outstanding striking that he has and how he is able, he's very, very accurate and very, very powerful. A towel was gripping at the ankle of, of Northcutt. Northcutt takes his other foot, stomps down the wrist of a towel, and then swings away. That was beautiful. That was great. That was some evolution in Sage Northcutt's game. Uh, the lack of wrestling definitely isn't, and he's he's working at Team Alpha Male, and he's probably actually one of the bigger boys at Team Alpha Male, but you saw him work the front choke. You saw him work the guillotine. It didn't work, but he did. When he got up, he knew that was his opportunity, and he pounced on it, and that for that, I respect uh, Sage Northcutt, and it's it's you know, a recurring theme in his career. He's, he's still a very young guy. He's 22, I think. I think he's 22 years old. So he's got a lot of growing to do, and he's got a lot of learning. He's got a lot of uh, trial and error that he's going to go through. And Zach Attal was on the wrong side of that tonight, man. Uh, Sage picked up his third win in a row. He has won four out of five. And now in the UFC, he is 6-2. and two. That's pretty solid, man. But he, he's a 22-year-old, and at welterweight, he is 2-1. and one. We'll see how it pans out. A young 21, or a young 22 as well. He just turned 22 in March. As far as uh, in, for Sage, I don't see him cracking that top 15 of welterweight. Uh, maybe Dong Hyung Kim. Maybe Alex Oliveira. Give him somebody who will strike with him. I would love to see an Alex Oliveira or a Donald Cerrone if you're going to put him in the top 15. It's hard to headline a show with Donald Cerrone, a <laughs> fight or a UFC show with, with him because he's lost four or five. But against Sage, maybe you could. Boy, you want to talk about a clash of personalities. Ole Sammy Ole says move Sage to middleweight. I, I believe he may have jokingly said that his future is heavyweight. I don't know. Rick Glenn, Dennis Bermudez. Ooh, the scorecards on this one. This was a terrible decision. That's all I'll say. This and the Saeed Nurmagomedov over Justin Scoggins fight. Couple of duty ones, man. Joe's going to talk about this at length on Tuesday, I'm sure. By the way, thank you to all of you who tuned in. One of our our best number, or one of our some of the best numbers we've had on the Holy Smokes podcast recently. Last Tuesday, check it out every Tuesday live at 3 p.m. Eastern. Myself and Showdown Joe really go in depth on stuff. We we have guests, courtesy of James Lynch. We have pros picks, but the refing on this show was a goddamn embarrassment. Was sad. It hurt my heart, or not the refing, the the judging. Mm. Let's talk about this Nico Price Randy Brown finish. So Nico Price went for a leg lock, got stacked, was eating some nasty punches, and ended up essentially breaking that stack and hammer fisting from the bottom and knocking out Randy Brown. Now I'm going to mention what my, my catch wrestling coach, coach said. 
He said he had knee shield to create space, so it wasn't a true stack. The knee shield and shelving make all the difference. And boy, that is a true. He created a little bit of space and was able to throw those. I've not seen that. As somebody tweeted, if that happened in a video game, and it has, UFC Undisputed 2009, you'd throw your, you'd throw your controller down. That's bullshit. <laughs> but it happened. Nico Price with a win over Randy Brown. And now I want to say that the, the bout order on this show was weird. Randy Brown, I mean, he's all right, but he, he was three and two in his last five ahead of this. Nico Price, he's, he was all right. He was, he's had a decent run in the UFC. I mean, un, unbeaten in, he's, he's five and one. He got a fight overturned because of marijuana. But Nico Price is good. So, yeah, but I mean, you're, you're putting, Volkanovski and Elkins on the prelims. Alejandro and Eddie Weinland didn't like the fight, but it was a top 15 fight. That's on the prelims. Carmouche on the prelims. All right. Weird. This is a great finish. A must-watch finish. Also, fifth from the top was Chad Mendez. And God damn, did he show that he still belonged. Oh boy, give me some of that psoriasis cream already. It took just a few minutes. Now, Miles Jury has been much more active over the last year and a half. Of course, he, he missed a year and a half as well. And had a tough streak before that break. High quality H2O. Chad Mendez just took his spot, man. I think Jury was ranked number 12, number 13. Before Chad Mendez stepped in and showed that he was still a guy to be reckoned with in the division. I mean, when Chad Mendez, Chad Mendez left, essentially, for two and a half years, he lost to Aldo McGregor and Edgar with a Lamas TKO in the middle there. And he showed for years leading up to that that he could knock people out. And he gave Conor McGregor a run, man. This was a big win. This was a statement win for Chad Mendez. He flattened Miles Jury. As far as where where Chad Mendez goes from here, well, probably up to about the number eight ranking spot. Looks like they're going to do Korean Zombie and like Edgar or somebody. Aldo and Stevens are already booked. You can't do, you can't do uh, Aldo again. I don't think he. They've fought twice, so you can't do that. I would love. I don't care who trains where. I'd love to see him against Stevens. That'd be a fun one. Cub Swanson, maybe. They haven't fought since two thousand ten. I would like to see that, but Cub Swanson fights can be a little tedious at times. Chad Mendez showed. Somebody said, did OMG stop sponsoring Fightful because Sage should have used that to slip out of that guy's takedown? Uh, we're still in good terms with OMG. I mean, it was, it was a month-long sponsorship. We're going to work on a giveaway soon. I love the guys at OMG, or the guy at OMG. He's, he's awesome, and I do use the product. I use the product every single time I fry something. Chad Mendes, I think, had performance of the night. 
I hope he gets performance of the night. Outstanding. Also outstanding, Kat Zingano. Okay, so baffling and downright embarrassing to me that she was ranked higher than Marion Renault going into this fight. Kat Zingano was coming off of a three-fight losing streak and had not won since 2014. 2014. Meanwhile, Marion Renault coming into this fight, unbeaten in four straight fights, should have been five. Man. Since... Since Zingano's last win, Marion Renault should have had seven wins because she should have beaten Betch Kohea too. It, it was embarrassing, those rankings. Horrible. But Kat Zingano kept her range with those kicks. Didn't have a lot of lateral movement, but those, uh, those kicks to the body helped her at range. And then when Renault would try to go inside, and it was very straight punches and couple one-twos and would throw underhooks in, but man, it was, it was just an underwhelming performance for Renault and it took her out of the title contention. She should have been fighting Caitlin Vieira because if you, here's the thing, if you put yourself into contention at 135, you're already in contention for the 145 title. And Kat Zingano put herself there. She has a win over Amanda Nunez, and she could step up and fight Cyborg just like that. Now it looks like Nunez will fight Cyborg, but and that's the right fight to make. But Renault's got to get back in there, bounce back, and get a win. Now she was holding out, hoping for a title shot. It's not going to happen. Caitlin Vieira is closer than her now. As far as Kat Zingano, I think she's she's more of a contender at one forty five. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The celebrity division than 135, even though she has a win over Nunez, I would I would like to see Zingano fight, fight Raquel Pennington. Uh, I don't know if Durandamy's ever going to fight. I don't know. Will she? If not, get her the fuck out of those rankings. Juliana Pena had a kid. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and, um, a, an opponent that makes sense. Sorry, man, I'm stumbling. Holm versus Zingano makes sense. A couple of names. Put them in there. Winner can contend for either title. Get Vieira in there with somebody else. Maybe get her another win. Would make sense. I would like that, but Kat, Kat Zingano 
needed needed that win. Somebody says, is it true that Jermaine Demary and me ran from Cyborg? They both turned down fights with each other. Like for a year, they played the hokey pokey with the shit. They wouldn't fight each other. Cyborg wanted the, all these demands, and then Durandamy wouldn't fight, and she gave up the belt and wants to fight at 135. I don't get it, man. I can't make sense of that situation. Weird. Uh, not a, not a, a performance that's going to get a lot of people calling for Alejandro Perez to get a top 10 fight, but he beat Eddie Wineland, perennial, perennial top 15 guy. It was a close fight. What do you want me to say about this fight? It wasn't good. Volkanovski defeated Elkins. He and this is the second straight week we've had an unranked guy defeat a ranked guy. Now Volkanovski should have been ranked. He went into this fight four and zero in the UFC, seventeen and one. He will be ranked now. He beat number ten Darren Elkins, and I think could have finished him if he didn't have this weird affinity for wanting to to slap on that guillotine choke. I think it cost him a bit. To be honest with you, a little unusual that one. But Volkanovski deserves a guy uh, in that top top fifteen or top ten, probably. I would say you know Mendez would make sense too. A lot of the guys at one forty five are booked or they're moving up though. But Volkanovski's one to look out for. He hasn't shown a lot of weakness besides maybe some IQ stuff. Uh, just obsessing over that that guillotine. You know, I, I had Liz Carmouche beating Jennifer Maya. I didn't I thought it was gonna be fairly one sided too. Now I, I like Jennifer Maya's wins over Vanessa Porto and Roxanne Modafferi, and they look really good. And she beat Zoila Frosto back in the day and Jessica Andrage back in the day, but man, people sleep on Liz Carmouche, and I don't think that's the right thing to do. I think if if somebody has the right to go off like Jessica I did because of how how bad she performed at Bantamweight, definitely Liz Carmouche does. She was a flyweight, not only contending at Bantamweight, but contending, contending for the title at Bantamweight and doing damn well. Almost yanking Ronda Rousey's head off. And she made a decent living there and took some time off. Took, I think, a year and a half off and took a year off before that. And she was battling. She was trying to stay there, but man, she was fighting some big girls. She fought Marlos Kunin for the Strike Force title. She fought Sarah Kaufman. She fought Rousey, Alexis Davis, Misha Tate. Think about those names. All those names are champions or people who contended for titles. And she she beat Andrade, but that was at 135. You can't say a lot about that. Andrade is probably a flyweight too. But now she's where she is. And, and you know, really you could look at her run since 2015 and say, okay, that's indicative of a flyweight run because she's fought Lauren Murphy, Caitlin Chikagan, Alexis Davis, and Jennifer Maya. All those are flyweights. So they were at the same – they were at the same disadvantage that she was. But to me – uh, Liz Carmouche, who has won three out of four, you got to keep your eye on her. And she is 34, but we we don't know yet when that age drop-off happens with women. It's still... We're still super young into women, and especially women getting at a higher level. Women's 
we don't know. Like there, there's heavyweights. Men can fight into their mid to late thirties, into their forties. Sometimes maybe there. I mean, Mary Renault did it at a high level, and she's in her forties. Is that is that an outlier? Is that an anomaly? We don't know yet. So maybe the best of Liz Carmouche is to come because my God, she shows up in shape. Jennifer Maya's got to regroup. She's going to get a top 15 fight because everybody in that damn division is in the top 15, essentially. So give her another tough opponent. Give her another tough one. Didn't think she showed a lot here, but Carmouche did. Jessica Aguilar picked up a win that she needed. Jessica Aguilar, once considered the best strawweight in the world, came into the UFC in 2015, got beat by Gedalia. Missed a couple years, got beat by Casey, took another year off. I don't want to say take a, take a year off. She had people who, uh, Sousa pulled out of a fight. She got pulled out of a fight. So there, there, were, there were a lot of issues that prevented her from fighting. She needed a win here because at this point she was, she was in the Katzingano boat. She had to win to show that she was still relevant at all, not in the division at all. And she did that, even though Jody Escabel, I think, was a fight that they gave to her almost here you go. They expected her to win. That's UFC Boise. UFC Boise. That uh Bellator Rome show tonight. If you all didn't watch it, that had some bangers. Pitbull versus Weichel wasn't a banger. A shocker. Yeah, I am so sick of seeing the Pitbull carousel. And he is too. He told us a Fightful. He told James Lynch that he's tired of fighting the same people all the time. Bellator, get him off the goddamn carousel. How many times do I get to watch this guy fight the same people? Weichel was a rematch. Strauss, a rematch. Okay, Strauss before that was a rematch. Okay, Strauss before that was a rematch. Pat Curran before that was a rematch. Cut it out, man. This wasn't great. It just wasn't great. And he's been a guy who has been... Like, he'll have two really exciting fights. And then he'll have a fight that's just really underwhelming. And that was this. That was this tonight. Ugh, man. Unfortunate. But the Bellator 2 or 3 show was real fun to watch. There was a six-second head kick knockout. A TKO in about four minutes, 15 seconds. Will Flurry lost in a minute and a half. Not a lot to break down there. Alessio Sakara won in a minute and 20 seconds. Man, I did not expect to see Legionarius, 36 years old, in the game at 2018 after he got bounced out of the UFC in 2013. Didn't hear from him for a year. Then didn't hear from him for another year, essentially. Just pop up into Bellator a couple years ago and rock the shit. He's 3-1 and one there. Beat Brian Rogers, Joey Beltran, a couple of decent opponents. And he's having good fights. That's the thing. Sakara is having good fights. And I mean, he always did, whether for better or for worse. Not, not always that benefited him. 
people talking about the the stacked weekend. Yeah, G one, two nights of it, two Bellator shows, UFC, the Pacquiao fight, Extreme Rules. It's wild. It's wild. The Legionarius one. The highlight of this show for me was Andre Koreshkov and that I don't want to say lucky. It's never lucky. If you throw a kick and it lands on somebody's liver, it was a good kick. But the <laughs> very fortunately timed spinning heel or spinning back kick to the liver. His opponent turned right into it. Bam, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's it. He went in there, and that was the best possible outcome. He's got a tournament to be in. I mean, damn. He's he's got to show up. <laughs> he's he's got to He's he's going to be in the tournament and it's a stacked one too. Uh Page, Daily, Lima, Koreshkov, who and I know that Chris Honeycutt wants in, Gerald Harris wants in, but Gerald Harris said that he was done fighting at welterweight, and he should be after his performance the other night. We'll talk about that momentarily. But man, I'm trying. Let me find the bracket. It is. It is something, man. It's a. It's a. It's the right thing for them to do that tournament, and you're going to highlight somebody. You're going to make somebody look really, really good in that. My boy Gerald Harris did not look good at welterweight. I'm ready for him to move up to to middleweight. And I'm I'm surprised that he said that he was willing to be in that tournament considering the troubles that he told us that he had. Amosov looked good. I don't know how Yaroslav Amosov went unnoticed for so long in MMA. He's not going to go unnoticed anymore. He beat Gerald Harris, and he beat him with relative ease, it seemed. Steve Cazola picked up a knockout win in a minute and a half because that's what Steve Cazola does. He bounced back after back-to-back losses. And just started it and just did what Cazola does. And they can have him doing that here and there, and he loses somebody every so often. That'll happen, but he'll be a serviceable guy. Honeycutt, dominant man. Chris Honeycutt, one of those guys that, that Bellator nurtured. Now he didn't he didn't start from the ground up like like Ed Ruth or Tyrell Fortune did in Bellator, but Bellator got a hold of him a year into the game. And since then they they have nurtured him and he's been there for four years. He lost to Lovato, he lost to Paul Bradley after the, the no contest, but he's still a guy that's won five of six. And let's see. Two losses in 10 fights. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Two-time Division I All-American wrestler. And they love those guys. Somebody says, Sean must be tired. He's not very hair flippy tonight. I'm incredibly tired. Incredibly tired. Main event of Bellator 202. I'm saving the best for last on this. Julia Budd defeated Talita Noguera. This fight, years in the making. Talita Noguera, we mentioned this on the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. She signed with Bellator 
in 2014. This was her second fight. Four years, two fights. Couldn't make weight. People wouldn't show up. She wouldn't show up. Had a knee injury. This fight was supposed to happen three and a half years ago with Bud. Now Bud has a title fight. And this comes after Noguera turned down the title fight. Julia Bud put the pain on Noguera. Once Noguera got cracked in the mouth, she forgot what to do. I believe she's a world jiu-jitsu champion, too. 2011, I believe. She'll, she might stick around. I don't know. That division barely exists. Julia Bud's got really nobody to fight. She wants to fight Sinead Kavanaugh. It makes sense. Do that. Michael Mayday McDonald. Man, Not uh, I, I put the, the betting lines on my, Michael McDonald breaking his hand in this fight at minus 300. I literally tweeted it. Minus 300 betting lines if Michael McDonald broke a hand. He broke a hand. That man is a 27-year-old with the hands of an 83-year-old with osteoporosis that got hit by a bus. He's broken his hand, I think, three or four different times now. It might be four. He looks good. He's won his two fights in Bellator, and God, he crushed Dantes. He crushed Dantes. And I know Dantes lost to Darian Caldwell last year in the Bantamweight title fight, but man, that's a good one. He's never been put away twice in a row, and he get, he got finished. Uh, and I think the only time he's been finished, God, I feel, I think Tyson Nam finished him six years ago. That's a good, good win for Michael McDonald, and I hate that his hand's broken, and he says that he doesn't know if he can keep doing it. He told me that in an interview. I want to say, was it, it was probably last year. I did Wikipedia fact check with him. That was a lot of fun. Up early for Fightful Select subscribers at all times. But yeah, it was it was last year ahead of the, the Bellator England show. But he said, I don't know how long I can keep doing this if I break my body. And he echoed that sentiment after his win. After his win on, on Saturday, on Friday night, rather. And that's that's a bummer, man, because he's 27 years old. Somebody said, what happened to Jake Hager fighting in Bellator? He's still fighting there. He's, he's doing his training, from what I understand. Doesn't want to rush it. Doesn't want to be CM Punk. But he's coming in there with a wrestling background, and you all know how Bellator treats their amateur wrestlers. Treats them very well. This week, guys, FightfulSelect.com. UFC rankings update breakdown. New dark match commentary coming this week. Did Q&A show this week. 205 Live NXT review this week. The Weekender podcast this week. Lots of stuff. We're doing G1 uh, weekly wrap-ups from Warren Hayes. Lots of podcasts. Early access. Check it out. Thumbs us up. Subscribe. I am so tired. We are out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.